Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand how we too can worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. Now, last week, we started looking at at how we worship as part of our series looking at our goals from our mapping process. And Gary spoke about what worship's for, that it's for God, not for us. It's a gift that we give to God, and in giving it, we're transformed to be more like him, the object of our worship. And in fact, that's why it's so important to choose what or who we worship wisely, because in the act of worship, we become more like whatever we are worshipping. Now, when we look at the Psalms, we see praising God is a key theme. Heavenly worship is like that too. The glimpses that we've seen from the prophets shows that, doesn't it? I've lost my place. (laughs) We talked about worship, giving worth to God, that it's worthship. And our worship is that. It should be selfless rather than selfish. Not glorifying us, but glorifying God. And so this week, we look more deeply at how we worship. It was entitled, Breathing in Grace and Breathing Out Praise. Recognizing that when we come to worship, we come to meet with God as people who live a life of worship. Our whole lives should be part of that. But it's so important to make space for God, to make those times where we can come and connect with him in a deeper way, that we can breathe in grace. We can take part in that worship of God. And when we do that, when we interact with God, we cannot help but to breathe out praise now, I've been reading this fab wee book called The Heart of Worship Files by Matt Redman. He's, there he is, a little mug shot. He's, he writes all sorts of contemporary worship songs that, that are very popular and, and very led by the Spirit. And he writes this. He says, for worship to be worship, it must contain something of the otherness of God. Something of the otherness of God. Because when we come before God, we come and we recognize that there is a massive gulf between us and God. God isn't like us. He is truly other. He is truly holy. And as we come before God, the difference becomes so apparent, doesn't it? And that's why we start our worship with confession, isn't it? Because as we come to worship God, we realize that we're called to be his holy people. And we rarely manage it. And that's something we're going to look at more deeply later in the series. Now, I have to admit, unlike more studious ordinance like 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 Matt. When it came to things like biblical languages at college, you could do the hardcore Greek, 
You could do the hardcore Hebrew, or you could do a little bit of both, but kind of, you know, just enough to get you by. That's the one I took. <laughs> However, even with my... Even I have to recognize that sometimes it is actually quite useful to look at the words people used when they wrote the scriptures in their original language and how that's been translated. And when we look back in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew words that were written, the sense of worship is sometimes lost in translation. And it talks about prostration, coming to God. It talks about coming to God in prostration. It talks of submission, of service, of reverence. And altogether, that gives quite a rich understanding of how we're to come in worship to God. Because he is other. And when we come to worship him, we realize how we fall short. And we have to respond with humility with reverence, with submission. And this carries on in the New Testament, in the Greek as well. The same ideas of service and reverence. But I found one translation that tickled me. I'm sure you will you. And it had that, that worship as being to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Maybe not quite as reverent that, but so... <laughs> But it's, it's that idea, isn't it, that we have nothing to give to God. Who are we to have anything to give to God? And yet, there is nothing he loves more than our de- devotion and our obedience when we come to him with that self-sacrificing love. So worshipping is about that. It's about submission, service, and reverence. But why, why do we do it? Well, I was reading this little book. I don't know if you know about the Teze community in France, started by Brother Roger, who was so, so sadly killed a few years ago. And his words are far more beautiful than mine, so I'll just read what he says. He says, God has breathed a soul into every human being. That soul is invisible, just as God is invisible. It is there that our desire for communion with God is born. And how can we make this communion a reality? It is possible to encounter God truly in prayer, whether it's expressed with words or in silence. Nothing brings us as close to God as prayer with others when it's supported by the beauty of song. Realizing that even death does not put an end to a communion with God brings peace to our hearts. Instead of leading to nothingness, it opens the way of a life of eternity when God welcomes our soul forever. Even when there are doubts in us, the presence of the Holy Spirit remains, 
in days of peace as well as in times of dryness. Are we not the poor of the gospel? Our humble faith is enough to welcome God's presence. And the mere desire for it brings our soul back to life on earth as in eternity. Aren't those words beautiful? That recognition that actually God's spirit is in us in good times and in the really dark times of life. And that our humble faith is enough to welcome God's presence and the mere desire for it brings our soul back to life here on earth as in eternity. And that's what worship's about, isn't it? It's about coming before God and allowing him to bring our souls back to life. That's why it is so important. Teze is the most amazing place. To me, it feels like a foretaste of worshipping in heaven. Simple, beautiful tunes sung either in Latin because it unites us all in Nidica translation. But so many are cleverly crafted. And as you sit, surrounded by worshippers from all different nationalities, we're singing the same melody to our God. But I'd be singing in English. There'd be somebody singing in French, Spanish, Czech, Dutch, all sorts of languages around. Singing in our own languages, but singing the same thing with the same melody to the same God. So, so powerful. And in that place, you can tangibly feel the Spirit of God moving, touching people's spirits and souls, refreshing them and making them alive. Worship is what we're created for. We're created to worship our God. And we do that in different ways. In my old church, we had, we had a band. That's not them. Well, that's just an example. We had a band. They weren't particularly big and young and trendy like that lot. That's why I chose that one rather than one of the big, young, trendy bands I could find on Google. But we would have, you know, we'd have a time of praise. We'd have a good three fast praise songs where people would be revved up to praise God with their spirits inside. And then the mood would change. It would slow. As like our readings are showing, we need that reflective time where God's spirit can guide, move, challenge, encourage us. And so many find that quite a really helpful way to come to worship. As we spend that time with God in the beauty of sung worship. As we reach out to God in spirit and truth, as he moves us with his Father's heart for all that's happening in the world. But we do the same. We just, oh, that's gone a bit funny. (laughs) Don't tell Caroline. But we do the same. We just do it in a different way, don't we? We worship God with songs of praise. Our hymns today praise the 
King of heaven, praise my soul, King of heaven. We praise God in the Gloria. We acknowledge God and all he is as we say the creed. We acknowledge our praise and thankfulness for all he's done. We reach out to God in our time of intercessory prayer. And we try to leave places for the silence, places for God to speak to us as we pause before confession, during the intercessions where we leave space for our own prayers, as we wait or after we've received the body and blood of Christ at communion. We too do the same thing in our own way. And this is it with worship. Different churches do things in different ways. But the important thing is that we have that meeting with God. That we have that time where God's Spirit can come and refresh our souls and be with us. And that leads us to praise. And when we look at Psalm 150, it's a great psalm to look at. How do we praise God? Well, we praise him in his sanctuary. We praise him in his temple. Of course, that was in Jerusalem. But in our gospel reading, the Samaritan lady, they were worshipping him, not at the temple. Oh, Samaritans wouldn't have been welcome there. They were worshipping on the mountain. And she, how do we worship God? Well, Jesus encourages her that there will be a time where God will be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And that's in us. We're all temple of the Holy Spirit. We're all temples of the Holy Spirit. God comes into our lives when we invite him. We are his, we are as a body able to worship in spirit and truth wherever we gathered. Wherever the gathered in the beauty of St. George's or if we were in somebody's house as a home group, wherever we meet, we are his temple. Because we are, every single one of us, because God's Spirit is inside us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's sanctuary is here. It is in us. It is us here and now. The psalm talks of praising him in his mighty firmament. When we worship, heaven and earth touch. I spoke before of the concept of the Celts had of thin places. Places where heaven and earth feel but a hair's breadth away. When we worship God, we don't do it in isolation, but we're joining in with the worship in heaven above us. However, even when you're worshipping on your own, as you sit in the sit in the bath and you sing a hymn of praise to God, actually, we're not on our own. We're worshipping with the whole of heaven. We're joining in with them. So why do we praise him? We praise him for the mighty things that he's done, for his supreme greatness. How do we praise him? I love it with the trumpets, the harps and lyres, the drums, the flutes, the cymbals, the loud cymbals. Praise the Lord, all living creatures. Praise the Lord. We praise him with all that we have. As Brother Roger said, there is something special about music. 
It just ignites our spirit within us. It's great when we have that musical ability within us to be able to praise the Lord in song. It's not the only way. I love watching the little ones dancing at the front. Actually, that's mentioned in this psalm too, isn't it? Praise him with the drums and dancing. The little ones, they can't read to be able to join in the songs. They don't know the words. But actually, when they dance, their spirits are worshipping the Lord the same as us. Probably a purer form of worship than we manage. Oh, that we were all free to worship with the pureness and simplicity of a five-year-old. And that's what we need to do. We need to come, just as we are, ready to meet with God, to be changed by him, to come to prostrate ourselves before him with humility and serve him with humility and with thanks.